Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. right now we're live now we're word live up. word up we're it's going. 807 good morning technical difficulties we'll give you guys seven minutes extra today all right so it's a, like a bonus let's like, try it again good morning aurora good morning aurora good morning aurora the time is 807 a.m good morning aurora how you guys doing today yes there it is the whole reason it messed up there was a clap you're right okay. The live, well, the live audience is looking a little. They're Let's looking. Not jinx it. They're looking a little rough today. It's, it's been a long week, apparently, for all of us. Yep. So it's a uh, it's a beautiful day. Good morning to all of you, wonderful guys. We have news for you guys as well to talk about. Uh, but we're here for Jeanette Splaining again and Peter Aguilera and AA Electrical Contractors. Good morning. You guys get the shout out. The at show. the very beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into our news for the day. Um, what's first? Redistricting. Is that correct? Let's talk redistricting. So uh, what? So we've talked about redistricting before. Redistricting is what happens every 10 years uh, when they do the census, which, of course, as we, we all know, has gone horribly awry in Aurora somehow. Uh, and then they get the new numbers, and then they redraw the um, the lines. So everybody's representatives at the state and federal level all change, and uh, everybody forgets who they go to to complain about things. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't matter because Congress is all completely ineffective anyway. So, uh, but <laughs> if we're going to, uh, you know, keep forging ahead with this experiment called democracy, and you should probably know who's in charge. Um, so, and, and of course, this, uh, this whole thing is totally flawed because there's a whole timeline in place too where um, what happens is we draw the maps, uh, whoever, whichever party is in charge, like uh, based on the last election, gets to like draw the maps, right? Uh, and so obviously they draw the maps to like favor their party. And I would call out one party or the other. Right now, the Democrats have just created this amazing like swirly like monster that starts in Evanston and kind of like moves out to attempt to like 
disenfranchises many votes out to the west and north and south of Chicago, like the far west, north and south of Chicago as possible. Uh, But that's, I mean, if the Republicans were in charge, they'd be doing the exact same thing. The swirl would just go in the opposite direction. So this is not like uh, one party is particularly nefarious. They're just, um, it's just a stupid system. But what is an officially what is officially known in politics as a dick move, uh, the Democrats have drawn uh, Adam Kinzinger uh, completely out of his district. Uh, so he will not be representing the district that he was currently running. He's down in Shanahan, which is like kind of southish of like Joliet. And so they've kind of like moved the lines around. Um, uh, Adam Kinzinger, you may or may not remember, is one of the two Republicans who following the, in Congress, following the January 6th insurrection, who was like, um, I feel like I have a problem with this. It was him and, and Liz Cheney. So he's right. his... Uh, joke is jokes on the Dems right now because he's actually uh, sort of popular, I think, in, or at least has gained a lot more um, like national attention for being one of these two congressmen who's like that's uh, that's kind of messed up. So he's basically like, oh, draw me out of my district, cool. I'll see it in a state, <laughs> run for a state a statewide office. Um, my guess is uh, governor. Like, I feel like my guess is he's probably gonna run for governor. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Not sure if that would work out good for him. I don't I don't know either, but like uh, Aurora, or, uh, where Aurora, Illinois as a whole does love uh, like a moderate leaning Republican. So we've had those in the past, right? Uh, Bruce Rauner, for mm-hmm. example, the Republican who uh, was a big champion of uh, women's right to choose, like that sort of thing is a, that middle ground tends to uh, breed um, uh, statewide leaders uh, around here. So um, anyway, the whole thing, truly a te- the whole redistricting process, truly a testament to the state amphibian of Illinois, the Eastern Tiger gerrymander. That's your pun for the day. You're welcome. Huh. See, because the state... The state amphibian mm-hmm. is the eastern tiger salamander. It's fun. Okay. I got it. Hit the thing. Hit the... Just give me this. Okay? I worked hard on this. Huh. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> did you know we have a state amphibian? I bet you didn't. Now you do. You're welcome. Okay. So, uh, state dance, too. Square dance. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a whole, like, the racist legacy of uh, Henry Ford. We... Um, have the state square dance. That's our state dance. Yeah. Interesting. He was really afraid that too many uh, young folks were listening to jazz and uh, that that couldn't happen. So he went on this like crazy tirade to get the state dance of like, like I don't know, something like 30 states, their state dance is the square dance to reinforce good American values, by which he meant um, white. He was really a piece of work. Cool cars, but... A little, little bit of a nut. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we got some... Uh, Lisa is here. Good morning to you, Lisa. And Lisa just provided us with some um, breaking news. Monica, would you take us into Let's do that? some breaking news. All right. Saturday, November 6th, Aspen Dental is giving back to veterans across the country with a day of free dental care during their annual day of service. This event serves local communities and gives 
Veterans, the care they deserve as part of the work they do year round with the Healthy Mouth Movement. Veterans can sign up, excuse me, can call 1-844-ASPEN-HMM, A-S-P-E-N-H-M-M, to sign up now for an appointment. Appointments are still available across Illinois, and we'd appreciate your help to spread the word. Oh, I'm not supposed to read that part. That was for <laughs> That's for us. Uh, Ooh, it's morning, guys. Well, yes. Right. Okay, word up. Yeah, that's there we right. Go, Are we sipping? Are we <laughs> sipping? We gonna sip on that one. Sip it up. We're sip it up. A lot this morning. Sip. It's okay, guys. All right. Um, and oh, also, I feel like I can sip more efficiently when I'm in the mug. When I've got the mug as opposed to the the cup, the cup is fine. But. We got new topics to anniversary follower where Jen Mendoza is here. Um, man, good to see all you guys. Victoria Halamonanado, Anna Sierra, Josue, Adrian Salgado. Good morning, and Norma Peterson. What is up? Oh my goodness gracious. Greg Ellsbury is here. Good morning, all you great people. It's 8.14 a.m. All right. Okay. Um, so what is next? What's next on our agenda? Uh, just your regular admonishment to go down and go to downtown Aurora if you haven't been. If you haven't been in downtown Aurora in the past couple weeks, you should be down there. We've got a mural artist going, this internationally renowned uh, a lady mural artist, right? Who I'm sure is like great. Uh, you know, I'm being thought of as the lady mural artist, but uh, apparently they're not. Huh. All, they're apparently she's like, I'm really, really glad to be known as an internationally renowned mural artist, but they really make a big deal out of me being a girl because there's just not a lot of them like in the field. Uh, but anyway, she is working on a mural in the Skinny Park right now. So right. drop by, see if you can get a little, little glimpse of that. Um, and uh, Sugar Skull City is uh, ongoing right now. That's organized by Downtown Aurora. Um, or Aurora Downtown. It's the, it's all the business owners. Same thing, downtown. right? Same Z's. Okay, it's very confusing to me because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in Oswego uh, a lot of the time, and it's uh, Oswego, It's like the opposite there. Like the, the downtown group is downtown Oswego, and here it's Aurora Downtown. It's very... Just go downtown. There's cool stuff happening. That's the point of this uh, segment right now. So Sugar Skull City, that's like there's a tour you can do if you go uh, to Aurora Downtown's uh, website. There, they have the map of all of the different spots that are participating. Uh, there's an Instagram El Brije Hunt. If you find the all the little animals, you can like win stuff. There's tote bags and things. Like there's just yeah, I know. Who doesn't love a good? I love. A good tote bag so um get on down to downtown aurora and enjoy all like patronize our uh latinx uh businesses and yeah so there's a lot of artwork out there too so much oh my god it flipping exploded this year mm -hmm. they're like the whole town is covered in paint which is awesome mm -hmm. so painting the town red that's right and all the other colors too which is nice so. Um, what's what's up with the public works facility? Oh, we're building one, and the neighbors are grumpy about it. Um, but I have to tell you, uh, <laughs> folks, uh, there's you really actually gonna like having a um, a public works department next to your neighborhood, and let me tell you why. Because when it snows, you're first, right? Because right. the plow's got to come out of like the public works. Or you're gonna be first. You're gonna like it. I promise you. Uh, no, so the um, the uh, public works facility, the, it, the city of Aurora is building it. If you've been to, so currently the city's um, 
public works department is spread like all over town right now and the buildings are a bajillion years old and uh it's it's pretty rough uh the buildings as they are currently can't really uh don't provide great uh facilities for repairing vehicles and storing salt and like all of all of those things that you need a public works facility to do uh so they're moving one out to um basically off of like liberty uh when you go like right all the way out to the dupage cane border so there's this yeah so wrap your head around it like you're on new york street right you're heading out towards the mall uh liberty kind of runs parallel to new york street to the north so there's like um uh, it'll be right near sort of the duquesne precast facility which is like a heavy industrial facility and then also near these neighborhoods like a lot of townhome neighborhoods and of course the townhome neighborhoods are upset that there's something coming in but as i think we've said on this uh show before if you live next to a cornfield and you think that that cornfield is going to continue to be a cornfield for the rest of the time that you live there, you are sorely mistaken. I'm really sorry about that, but let me tell you, of all the quote-unquote heavy industrial uses that could go in next to this building because that's what, or next to these neighborhoods because that's what it's zoned for, uh, is heavy industrial, uh, a public works facility is, pro is you're going to be you're you're not gonna hate it, I promise. So, um, uh, so that's uh, that is that. So that's going in. Um, that they had a uh, an open house. You can see all the plans. Plans are available on the city's website. If you go digging on the city's enough. website. If you go digging enough, yes. You okay. Know, so. Um. So it's uh, that is gonna be helpful I'll when it snows. Some. Um, yeah, so I mean, public, first of all, public works facilities are fascinating. If you ever get the opportunity to go on a tour of them, uh, and second of all, we have this—you know—the property where the downtown Aurora facility is now uh, is it kind of butts up right at, by the river. It's at the intersection of uh, Broadway and uh, Indian Trail. No, Illinois. Broadway in Illinois. I right. might get my bridges confused. Um, and, you know, like the more that you can move industrial uses away from uh, riverfronts, the more you open up those riverfronts to things like recreation and creating downtown spaces that people really like. I don't know if the plan is to move all of that um, out or to keep like a smaller facility uh, running there. That's a make a note of that, Monica. I'm gonna investigate. So, uh, but uh, having a brand new public works facility like uh, further out is I'm I'm in favor of it. I know that it's been controversial and people like the price tag is so huge, but you really uh, do gain a lot of efficiency when you have a facility where you're actually able to like prepare your vehicles in the building and uh, things don't leak and you can maintain things a lot better. Um, it ends up saving uh, cities money over the long long term to all that infrastructure intact. Philip Burita, good morning to you, sir. Congrats to Casildo Casey Cuevas on your Latinx Mayoral Excellence Award. Shouts out and congrats to Lisa Gofront on your D. Delia Nyla Basile Award. Very well deserved. Good shouts out. Uh, said good morning to Adrian Salgado. Tracy Duran is here. Bianca Camargo, what is up? And Karina Suarez Darden. All of our friends are up in here today. The chat is lit. 
Okay. Um, so what's up with this? Uh, let's interject with the turkey trot. What's that about? What do we got? We got a turkey trot coming uh, to downtown. And is wait, is it downtown? Hold on, wait. I'm making things up again. Hold on. Let me grab my notes. It's the first ever turkey <laughs> trot that is happening, uh, benefiting the both East and West Aurora. Uh, so it's uh, okay. It is. Um, it starts at Wilder Promenade, runs uh, on the bike path all the way to the Indian Trail Bridge, and then uh, south on the trail, and then Illinois crosses Illinois Avenue, and so it goes around as a trail. It'll go down the pedestrian uh, bridge across the river. Uh, benefits the West Aurora uh, School District's A Plus Foundation and the East Aurora F uh, Education Foundation. So benefiting. Uh, look at look at our schools actually getting along for once to try and raise money. So um, registration is now open. The run is Saturday, November twentieth. Uh, so you can. Uh, work like go run the 5k and work off um, you know a little uh, work off a couple of calories before you then eat all of the calories the next week so <laughs> that is very Thanksgiving that is very helpful yeah oh my god how are we at this part of the year already so uh, we can we'll post the link in the chat but um, if you are a 5k runner or walker or you know just want to like donate money they'll probably take that too so <laughs> yeah there you go all right um so we do have the local news that you guys love so much uh and we're gonna have monica take us to a commercial and uh let us know what's happening in the city on a local level Something cool, something new, and something fun is happening this evening. Our friends of Java Plus have started Musician Night, and the first featured artist will be Corey O'Donnell. He's a, he's a local musician that plays a popular rock from 60s, 70s, and 80s. He's beautiful, he beautifully sings and plays the piano to, fa to favorite hits from Elton John, Billy Joel, and other legends of the time with a surprise twist you can only see in person. Join Corey at Java Plus for a fun night of music and special coffee and tea creations made in honor of Elton John and Billy Joel with a Halloween twist. There will be two shows this evening at 7 and 9 p.m. Java Plus is located at 1677 Montgomery Road, suites 106 and 108. Come out for a good time and a great show. 26 Kane County residents have been helped through the expungement process. Um, I'll be providing that um, link in our chat so you can read all about it. Aurora Knights of Columbus Council 14929 will hold a benefit spaghetti dinner fundraiser Wednesday, October 27th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. at Luigi's Pizza, 732 Prairie Street in Aurora. The public is invited. Parking is free. Patrons may dine in or take carryouts. The menu includes spaghetti with meatballs or chicken breast, tossed salad, bread, and a cookie. Proceeds will benefit tuition assistance for students at Pope St. John Paul II Catholic Academy, a school with two campuses in Southeast Aurora. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Monica, for that. We appreciate it very much. Got to get on that spaghetti dinner. The time is 8.25 a.m. And you are listening to and watching Jeanette Splaining on Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first 
Daily Hello. News Podcast. Now tell us about Lincoln and Todd schools. What do we? Oh, uh, um, their schools, uh, and. It's really confusing to talk about them in the same uh, breath because then I, my head goes to Mary Todd Lincoln, right? But like, it's actually, it's two, it's Lincoln, like Abraham Lincoln and Todd, like some dude named with the last name Todd. I think it's a dude, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> not Mary Todd. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, there are two, both of these schools are sitting vacant uh, in the West Door School District because uh, they are, very old and uh, the school district, you know, the population has shifted around. Um, so they, they've been sitting vacant for a while. The longer buildings sit vacant, the harder they are to redevelop. Um, so one of the, um, uh, there, there's a proposal on the table and aldermen are voting next week at their regular council meeting to remodel both of the elementary schools into apartments. So, uh, and the apartments are going to be what's called workforce housing, mm -hmm. which is uh, workforce housing. It's like affordable housing units uh, that, so they're like, uh, they're below market rate, but they're not like, um, uh, they're not going to be like Section 8 housing or public housing or anything right. like that. They're basically like for people who work and you actually have to prove that you work, but like don't have like, a t aren't, aren't sitting flush. So, which is a good chunk of Aurora. Mm -hmm. uh, we are big advocates of affordable housing uh, on this show. So I'm generally in favor of these, I think. And I, you know, reusing these buildings to get them like put back on the tax rolls, right? Because they sit vacant and they're owned by I think they were they're owned by the school district and the school district pay, doesn't pay taxes on uh, vacant lands and then the city bought them and the city is not going to pay itself taxes on vacant lands. Um, so having uh, a developer come in and uh, actually make these buildings, uh, you know, productive, I'm really in favor of. Uh, there has been some controversy. Uh, over them because the, uh, you know, for all of the typical reasons of neighbors not wanting uh, apartment buildings in their neighborhoods, mm -hmm. right? But the congestion and the traffic and all of the things. Uh, but again, like, uh, they're just going to sit there otherwise. And we, you know, vacant and we need housing in this town. So um, the... In particular, some of the things that they that the neighbors have been complaining about, uh, and by neighbors I principally mean uh, former alderman Rick Lawrence, uh, has said that that's just too high of a density for the neighborhood, and uh, all of the housing in the area is single family, and this neighborhood sits next to commercial or industrial areas, so why would we put apartments there? Um, and to me, the answer is because some people choose to live in apartments uh, or need to live in apartments, and some people choose to live in single family housing, right? This is like that coded language uh, of density, is almost always coded language for we don't want people who make less money than us living next door to us, right? Mm -hmm. Almost every single time it comes out, right? So um, it, now there is some justifiable complaints there with, um, you know, these apartments are going in to a neighborhood where there is uh, a lot of industrial uh, stuff happening. So ATMI precast 
is a, a big producer of precast concrete. Uh, they live there. There's trucks going through this neighborhood like all the time. There's a bunch of dust getting kicked up from the the um, uh, from the production of the concrete. And uh, one of the former alderman's complaints is that uh, there are people in the neighborhood who cannot open uh, their windows because there's so much concrete dust. Why would we put a housing for poor people there? To which I say, I feel like the issue is not that we're bringing in new residents. I feel like the issue is that we're allowing all of this particulate pollution uh, to like escape the bounds of the company that is producing it, right? right. Like because there's already people living there uh, who are dealing with part massive amounts of particulate pollution, supposedly, right? So like maybe we deal with that problem and not just try to use it as an excuse to keep poor people from uh, having uh, affordable housing. Right. So yep. Uh, so they're gonna vote on it. Um, next next week i will say this much more broadly is uh well i'm super in favor of these projects uh going forward uh one of the things that i think we've been sort of like saying and pushing like uh as a theme on this show for a while has been wouldn't it be great if there were affordable housing units like kind of interspersed throughout the city right they put in this nice fancy condo development uh, and then they don't, uh, there's no requirement that some of the homes or some of the, some of the units are set aside for affordable housing, right? So the, the more, the healthiest neighborhoods are the ones that are economically diverse, not the ones that are like epically poor or epically or like crazy rich, right? So the more that you um, make develop like design development to incorporate people at lots of different income levels, mm -hmm. generally the healthier the community is. So uh, I'm definitely not in favor of taking all the poor people and sticking them into a neighborhood that like already has some issues. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the case here, I think. Uh, but it, more broadly, I would just like to see us, as we are moving forward with uh, all of this development that's happening in downtown Aurora, to pay attention to be, being very conscious about where are we putting our affordable units and are we giving people opportunities to live in whatever neighborhood they want, regardless of their income. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Casildo says, this Sunday is the East Aurora alumni soccer game. Oh. Proud to say that he started the soccer program at East Aurora High School. Congratulations. I remember Shouts that. It that. was not that long ago that East Aurora got soccer, which was kind of ridiculous because it's East Aurora. And, like, what is the percentage of uh, Latinx kids at East Aurora, right? Like, it right. is, you know, it's kind of... Not that every not that every Latino or Latina kid has to like play soccer, but like generally a lot of them do, right? And they didn't get a soccer team until like a few years ago. It was it was ridiculous. Good job, Casildo. That's right. Um, Jim Mendoza out. tells us that charter night for the newly created Kiwanis Club of the Greater Fox Valley area is next Thursday. In search of any local Aurora news interest in attending uh, to special events, shouts out. Um, and Tracy says, here's something to do on November 7th, along with Noticias y Mimosas, word up. If you'd like to keep hanging out in downtown, hopefully you can join the Aurora Regional Fire Museum for their fifth annual Sound the Alarm fundraiser on seven, or excuse me, uh, on Sunday the 7th as well. From noon to 3 p.m., local restaurants enter their chili 
uh, in hopes of winning the award for best chili from the attendees and panel of guest judges. Your support ensures that they can continue to preserve the history of firefighting in the region and provide new programs and exhibits on an annual basis. Your ticket includes one beer, live music from Jake Mack, and the link is in the chat. Shut Thank up, you very Jake. much. Hi, Jake. How you doing? Yanelli Herrera is here. <laughs> Good morning to you. Prakash Prasad is here. Good morning. Uh, Greg says, Rick Lawrence knows the neighborhood is mostly multifamily housing. Old houses changed to apartments years ago. It is what the neighborhood is demanding without saying it. Listen to what the needs are. Affordable housing, no excuses. And Michelle Gums is here. Good morning to you as well, Michelle. The time is now 8.34 a.m. Yeah, yeah. So the argument that that neighborhood is single family housing is like true-ish, except that when you have like when they divide up the house, right, like uh, most of the um like the near east side historic district for example is like they all look like single family homes but they've all been divided multiple times right i think like it's just important to in any neighborhood to make sure that you're providing um housing for all income levels it just right. makes for a better like better healthier communities right because then you have people of different different backgrounds and different experiences interacting in meaningful ways and are, are historically uh it used to be much more the case so uh in and you can kind of read it in the buildings if you're at all familiar with with how to like read buildings you walk around with like an architecture nerd uh and you go through for example downtown naperville or like the kind of the surrounding areas of downtown naperville like the residential spots they, it all looks like these giant buildings uh, like these giant individual fancy single family homes but the uh People who know architecture can tell you, well, yes, that looks like a single family home, but really what it was was like a guest house for like all of these like single women who are all attending the nearby university or whatever. So um, it uh, having even neighborhoods that look like historically, they've all been for rich people, have always been more diverse than they are now. So uh, the, we have seen over the years because of many of the things that we've talked about on this show, like redlining and, and so on, like the um, uh, like ghettoizing of certain areas and the priority of our zoning laws of making really, really nice areas over on this part of town and really, really crappy areas over on this part of town and like the let, not letting people ever interact. It's really to the detriment of society as a whole. So, yeah. Um, now tell us about the ILEAS story. Okay, so <laughs> let's summarize uh, the giant problem that uh, policing is facing right now. Maria uh, Chirito, good morning to you. Okay, so um, so cities have agreements in place that when there is an emergency or a large need of some kind, for emergency assistance, they can basically uh, sound the alarm on these systems that we have. It's not really an alarm, it's usually an email that goes out. Uh, and, <laughs> and ask for backup. Um, and uh, that it's not exclusive to police departments, although we're going to talk about the police department here, but 
Um, there are similar programs in, say, public works. So if a city has a giant tornado comes through, you need a lot of public works guys to go out there and cut down trees that are in the roads and move debris and rebuild stuff and put tarps on buildings and things like that. So uh, what you can do is if there's a giant tornado, you're like, oh, I need public works guys from other towns. And then you, so you put up a, a call and then public works guys will come from, and gals will come from uh, other cities and like help out. So uh, in Chicago, uh, they are, uh, they are seeking this same sort of like agreement. Um, so, uh, Basically, they, they put out the like, hey, we need to activate this system for our, our policing in Chicago, right? So uh, in Chicago, uh, Mayor Lightfoot has said uh, everybody who works for the city has to have either uh, proof of a vaccine or they have to do like really routine tests. I think it's I think it's proof of vaccine. It's proof of vaccine now, right? For a while, it was proof of vaccine and tests. Now she just, she wants everyone to be vaccinated who works for the city. Uh, the police chief or the police union, uh, the head of the police union, not the police chief, um, has uh, like nationally garnered attention for just telling um, the Chicago police officers, nobody send in your vaccination cards. Yeah, they don't because they want to like protect the members of the union who don't want to get their vaccines. So it has turned into this giant fight that everybody is starting to pay attention to uh, because it like does, uh, so does the, because the mayor has to decide, okay, do I let these guys uh, go against my order and who are not vaccinated, like go out and police, right? Uh, thus losing complete control over the police department because if she says something and they just don't do it, like that's, that's, that's like not great. You really want your, police to do what your mayor wants you to do generally um or uh yeah um do we well so yeah so that there's there's that that part of it right so um so she puts out this alarm that says like hey like i might need backup or oh so like do we let them like go back to the streets or do we just not have enough police officers right like because if we just don't let anyone any of these police officers who haven't updated or put their vaccine like shown proof of their vaccinations if we don't put any of them on the street then oh my god we don't have any cops on the street and that seems like a problem in a city like chicago right where the cops do everything from direct traffic on michigan avenue to like whatever it is they're doing down in the south side dear god so uh um, so with this lack of police uh, there, she should, or the potential lack of cops on the streets, she puts out this call to the other suburban um, police departments, mostly the sheriffs, and the sheriffs of uh, every county in this area have basically said, no, we're not going to answer your call, which is a much bigger problem, right? Because now there's like nobody, if something like, and, and the mayor's office in Chicago is saying, look, we're not calling you to like backfill and just go like patrol in Englewood. We're calling and we, we, this is like, I'm letting you know so that if something major happens, I might like, you know, I might need you to respond, right? And, and all of the suburban sheriffs are like, nah, we're not doing that. So this is actually uh, a fascinating story for like, as someone who had like, so on the one hand, if you are a staunch supporter of unions, uh, the 
the argument of the suburban, like, everyone out in the suburbs is, like, you're basically asking us to, like, bless the union right now, right? Because, like, the basically in Chicago, the officers have said collectively, or at least the head of the union is saying, uh, like, we're not complying with this. It's sort of like a work stoppage almost, right? And so they're basically said, like, so the suburban cops are like, we're not crossing the picket line to go, like, fill in for uh you know these guys who don't who are like in a basically what is basically come down to a union negotiation right uh or union grandstanding on the other side of it right it's kind of like well the reason they're protesting though is because they don't want to get vaccines and as a person who is very very staunchly in favor of people getting vaccinated especially if they're like members of the government who are constantly uh, in close contact with the public and cops are in very close contact with the public all the time like taking taking a guy down right or like you get people all up in your face all the time it's like a thing right like I'm kind of like oh <laughs> so uh, so that's the story on that um, but all of the uh, I, so I don't I don't know uh, what what Lightfoot is going to do, but I know that uh, our sheriff's uh, deputies will not be in Chicago, at least it seems, for any any reason. So, uh, yeah. Kane County Sheriff Ron Hain uh, released a statement, but the last thing I saw about it was that there was uh, an addition or a change made to the statement. So since that is ongoing, we will not share the link to the statement until it gets properly updated Verified. and squared away as yeah. to what he actually said. I mean, basically, he said that he's vaccinated, but he doesn't f feel comfortable making all of his employees take uh, the shot. And so it's kind of, yeah. Um, so police departments, so different, uh, di different departments are tracking at different percentages, uh, not just in Chicago, but like across the country in terms of... Um, how how off how what percentage of public employees are getting vaccinated? Uh, police departments tend to be a little bit lower uh, on average uh, in their vaccination rates. Um, so don't if you're like really 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 terrified of, of this pandemic, try to not get arrested. It's just I feel like you just shouldn't get arrested most of the time anyway. Is generally, but you know the number yeah. one reason for uh, <laughs> cops. Dying is COVID as of this moment. Yeah, it's the, like I mean, it's not it's not shootings. They Grace do, Cornell, good morning. Uh, that does happen. I don't want to like. Um, it's a dangerous job, and I don't I don't want to. Uh, um, what do you say? Uh, uh, boy, I don't have words this morning. Whew. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be dismissive and say that policing is not a dangerous job, right? But I would tell you that the number of emails that come across my desk that are just like, uh, hey, we had another COVID case at the police department, uh, you know, wash your hands, get a vaccine. Um, it, like, uh, those, those come through a lot more frequently than, hey, uh, this police officer was injured uh, on, you know, in pursuit of a, of a bad guy. That, it, that, that does happen. But yeah, right now, uh, the pandemic is still a... Yeah, this year. A bigger bigger threat. Um, yeah. Now tell us about Indian Prairie. Are they closing schools? Oh, God. Okay. 
All right, if you ever want to see just like uh, your neighbors uh, in a light that you have never seen them in before, uh, be on a like uh, be on a school board that is proposing redistricting, right? Because it makes parents furious. So, um, Indian Prairie, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, has experienced uh, is starting to experience a drop in enrollment. Um, as lots of school districts in our area are, uh, not all of them, but lots of them, um, and uh, or at, they've they're starting to see a lot of shift in like where the kids are living. So uh, some of the neighborhoods that historically have not had a lot of kids in Indian Prairie, like townhome neighborhoods, um, are now getting a lot more kids. And a lot of the neighborhoods that historically had a lot of kids, like uh, wealthier single family neighborhoods, do, don't have as many kids because a lot of baby boomers who owned those uh, homes are kind of aging in place a lot longer than they were before. So you're seeing this demographic shift across the district. And what that means is that they have to like redraw the lines to move the kids so that you don't end up with like 40 kids in an elementary school classroom in this school and 20 kids in an elementary school classroom in this school. So, so they're redrawing the lines. They're considering um, perhaps shuttering some schools, uh, but at the very least they're redrawing the lines and uh, the parents are just going nuts. Um, now, the thing, the thing to consider though, when it comes to um hold on first of all let's back up so like in, in particular the um clow elementary school is one of the schools that they're considering uh closing um and uh Bilta, graham and welsh elementary schools are all looking at getting a bunch of changes so that's a lot of the ones over over in our area um the the big issue here that I, I just want to impress upon people is that these schools, like the Indian Prairie School District, is still among the top like school district in the country. So for some reason, U.S. Uh, uh, to sow perhaps even more paranoia and helicopter parenting than currently existed in our country, U.S. News and World Report for the first time has started ranking elementary schools. To which I'm kind of like, really? Like, they're, right. they're elementary schools. You gotta teach the kids how to like read and stuff. Like, Rewrite that's. Right, arithmetic. Right, this is not like, it's not like ranking universities, right? Where, uh, you know, uh, spending a whole bunch of money to go to Harvard or Yale might have more dividends payoff than going to like the College of the Ozarks or something, right? Like, it's. Um, they, but anyway, so they've started ranking elementary schools, which I'm really, really super against because I think what it does is create more of those pressures to separate neighborhoods, like to divide neighborhoods more than they already are. Like, oh, well, I've got to move, you know, my kid, like I'm going to move my family over into onto this street rather than onto this street because this street goes to this elementary school and it's better on the ranking, the national ranking of elementary schools than this elementary school across the street, right? Like that's a little messed up and people do it right people make their decisions on where they're going to live based on their school districts and so now to like drill that down even more it to me is just crazy talk but anyway so the schools that they're looking at closing 
um, or at least redistricting uh, are on the list, and and so are lots of other schools in the in the Indian Prairie District, are all on uh, the U.S. News and World Report's list of the best elementary and middle schools. So look, everybody in East Aurora, even if your kid has to take the bus a little bit further to get to school, like I promise you, they're still gonna get like a crazy good world class education, right? It's it's okay, it's okay. Like there was one parent in this discussion who was complaining that their kid uh, who's in a wheelchair, so like things get more complicated with transportation when kids are in wheelchairs, right? But their kid already has to take an eight minute bus ride. And I'm like, eight minutes? Crazy talk, right? Like when I was in school, my bus ride was like an hour and a half in the mornings. It was insane because we had to like, I lived in North Aurora, I got on the bus and then we drove the bus all the way out to Pressbury and came all the way back so that they could drop us off at like Jewel Middle School. So I was on that bus for like an hour each day, uh, each way. It was crazy talk. So uh, we're what we're seeing here in this conversation is the continued divide between rich districts uh, who can afford to have like all these multiple schools in all these neighborhoods and like make the um, transportation and everything like really, really efficient. And uh, these schools that in poorer districts that have already been struggling with transportation issues for decades, right? So um, yeah, calm down, calm down Indian Prairie. It's gonna be okay. It does, it does admittedly kind of suck for those families where like, well, my older kid went to this school and now my younger kid goes to this school and it's farther away. It's, it, that does, it's annoying, but it's also like not the end of the world. Small potatoes. Small potatoes, it's, it's okay. Your kids are still gonna go to a great school. Well, as a reporter for, uh, when I worked for the Beacon News many, many years ago, um, I covered um, in the same, it, it was like the same month uh, that the East Aurora School District was bulldozing in uh, its pool at, at East Aurora High School to create more classrooms uh, because they had to address overcrowding. And I went to a school board meeting in Indian Prairie, and the Indian Prairie one of the one of the school board members was complaining that they needed a new pool at Wabanzi Valley because the pool at Wabanzi Valley was not as nice as the pools at Matia and uh, Niqua Valley. So, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> bag it up. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, these are two school districts that are right next to each other, right? Uh, and you know what, the Wabonzi pool probably wasn't as nice as the other two because the other two schools are newer and that's just kind of like how it happens sometimes, right? But like, let's, when we're talking about equity in school districts, like or equity in schools, like this has to be a much broader conversation and all of this like when you start talking about um uh, the the inconvenience of like my elementary schooler having to take the bus like 20 minutes away i'm i'm a little bit like uh let's let's put this all in in perspective your kid is going to one of the best schools in the country it's right. really okay could be worse it could be really worse uh, 24 Rungs ASMR. Good morning to you as well. Oh Good boy. morning, Aurora. <laughs> Shouts out to you, Salvatore, my man. Uh, Michelle Gum says the issue with Chicago police is that they do not want to disclose their medical status. That's mm -hmm. the crux of their complaint. Mm -hmm. The option is still available to get tested. It would mm -hmm. be a better choice of surrounding agencies to help thread the needle and not get into the politics of their issue. Cruz Ocho, what's up? And Greg Ellsbury says, with all due respect, the fraternity 
of police, fraternity in quotes, is not a regular union regulated by mm. the labor board. As a union representative, I must answer to the National Labor Board mm. if I gave bad direction to my members. Mm. Mondo, mondo, what Valid. up? Valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nora Peterson says, when it's your kid, it's hard to hear to calm down. Might want to change the verbiage. Just saying. Word up. And that brings me to the next point. Um, so, speaking of which, we uh, Anna Sierra won the last massage coupon. Anna, I will give it to you on the seventh. Uh, Anna played with us and won. We have one more free ten-minute massage coupon. The Ooh. way to win this massage from Zenloft at Six West Downer is go to our YouTube channel. Would you put the link to our channel in the chat for these great people? Go to our YouTube channel. You hit, have to subscribe. Hit subscribe. And then you the hashtag the massage on any video that you like. Any video at all. So you must subscribe and then go to any video and hashtag massage and you will win um, and this 10-minute uh, massage. Let coupon. me tell you, it's worth it. Emily's great. I've been. It's amazing. So definitely go do that. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, let's see here. The last thing, let me see. What else we got? What else did I say I was competent to speak on this morning? <laughs> uh, tell us about two brothers. Oh, sure, this is an easier one. So uh, the um, two brothers uh, has partnered with the Field Museum to create a new coffee blend. Uh, it's got a delightfully punny name, if I remember. Let's see, hold on. So they have called it... Oh no. All right, it, it's, um, it's bone related. It's because there's, you know, there's the... Um, uh, the, uh, the dinosaurs at the Field Museum, right? The bones, so, so they are making um, a coffee specifically for the Field Museum. They're gonna sell it in the Field Museum. Uh, very neat. Um, I just, my only comment um, is that like, I really, uh, you know, want the coffee shop here to open again, right? right? They, still, <laughs> they still haven't opened that. I used to be there all the time. Now, there are many other fine coffee shops in downtown Aurora, and I uh, will never abandon my, my daily trek to Society 57. Uh, oh, it's called Fossil Fuel. That's what it is. Fossil Fuel. Fossil Fuel. fuel. Renee you... Cruz, good morning to you. Good morning, Judge. Uh, the um launching launching his campaign soon here very good that's exciting news probably more on that to come soon in the in the headlines um so fossil fuel uh because they have the fossils of the the dinosaurs at the um uh, at the field museum so they're gonna sell two brothers coffee there just to open the cafe guys just just how like how hard is it you, you just need like one barista two baristas to entertain me and caffeinate me, right? I'd like, anyway. Um, that's that, that's that story. So you can now get two brothers coffee at the Field Museum, just not here. Um, for those <laughs> interested in going to the Field Museum, the Office of State Representative Barbara Hernandez has oh. the Constituent Museum card. Oh yeah. Um, that's free through the that's entire nice month of October. Uh, and you can take, it's good for four people, so uh, you know, a family of four can go entirely for free. For that, for more information, you can call 630-270-1848 uh, for more information on that. Um, all right, Monica, can you take us to a commercial and give us... 
Did we talk about the food, a raw food pantry at Spartan Park today yet? I think it's Spartan Athletic Park. They have a uh, pumpkin giveaway or something like that. Ooh, I like pumpkins. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a pumpkin giveaway. This Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. That's what it was. Aha. That's what it was. You guys, there's so much news coming in. We just, we just, we're just, we gotta, we're keeping up. We're, we're, we're going. <laughs> All right, this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry will host a pumpkin giveaway for free. Pop popcorn and apple cider vendors and a whole lot of fun. There will also be face and pumpkin painting. How cool is that? Check it out this week and enjoy the season. Here's something new. Bardwell Residence, located at 63 South Broadway, will be featuring cocktails and conversation. This will be on Friday, November 12th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Come see what Bardwell is all about. To RSVP, you can call 630-892-5790. Mm -hmm. To uh, new residences, right? There it goes. Good morning to you. And Anna says that she's still obsessed with the honey oat latte. Oh my god. That yeah, thing. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, it the is. honey oat from Treadwell. Oh man. So they also have the honey spice at Society 57 and that thing. So if you want like a honey something or other, like caffe caffeinated beverage in downtown, you have options and they're all amazing right now. So go just order Stop in any cafe and be like, I don't know the honey thing, and you'll get something ridiculous. It's good. We have a lot of good stuff. Yes. Uh, a lot of tasty drinks around. Yeah. Um, but tonight, try Java Plus, 1677 Montgomery Road. Um, they have music tonight and some great drinks, and Michael Morkert is a friend of the show, so please support Java Plus and all they do. Norma Peterson is a fan of Java Plus, uh, so she can attest that's the word of the day, attest. Can you put that in the chat for people? She can attest to the goodness of Java Plus. All right, the time is 8.59 a.m. So, we are going to wrap this up. However, I want to say that next week we will be showcasing and letting you guys hear a whole lot of good music. Uh, so stay tuned for that, especially on Monday. It's gonna be going down up in here. Um, also, don't forget that November 7th, which is a Sunday, is Noticias y Mimosas, um, the greatest networking event to take place ever in Illinois. I think ever. History. Yeah, ever. in the history um, and of I want you guys, networking. I want you guys to understand that when you come, uh, so Tracy Duran is our featured guest, our, our special guest. She'll be detailing Aurora history. Uh, it'll be great to see. She'll have some uh, display items there as well. You can't touch them, but you can definitely look at them with your eyes. <laughs> um, and from 10 a.m. till noon, we'll be interviewing Tracy. And from noon to 1 p.m., we'll be networking. $4 mimosas. You can't beat it. Um, so please come on out for that. Also, don't forget that 
The links that we put in the chat, especially the one about the King County Expungement Clinic. We told you guys about that for a very long time. Please read that chat. And if you or someone you know uh, can benefit from expungement mm -hmm. or sealing of records or anything like that, please contact the King County State's Attorney Office and request. Don't demand, because it won't get you anywhere anyway, but request another date. Keep drilling down to these people that there are others in the community who can benefit from this and perhaps we'll see more of that. And attorneys working for free. We need that. Uh, all right. Other than that, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go. The link's in the chat. Monica put it in there for you. Go. Hit the subscribe. Boop. It's a big red button on the right-hand um, side. Also, I want to remind you right now to take a mental screenshot because one day this will all be remember when take care of yourself and each other adios Aurora.